Death Star. That thing's operational. Dr. Banner. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of The Usual Podcast, the podcast where we discuss Star Wars The Old Republic, the Star Wars franchise, and geek and pop culture. I'm your host, Marshall, and with me in studio again is my co-host, Will. Say hello, dude. Hello. Looking good, buddy. Yeah, I am. <laughs> and we're sitting here enjoying our usual frosty beverages again. What you drinking, dude? Uh, I am drinking Germany's own St. Polygirl. Ooh, Germany, huh? You international. Yeah. Yeah? I guess that's German. Uh, yeah. Uh, we might have German listeners. We probably shouldn't. I think that's Sweden. No. You're right. It's Germany. Moving on. I'm drinking 4A IPA from Deschutes Brewery. And it's quite lovely. It's not my usual 9 point something percent. Who's measuring anyway, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, evidently Jesse is. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thanks for the awkward tweets. We appreciate it. And this can't be... Well, we're going to have to cut that, because there can't be that much Jesse mentioned, because we're going to mention her a lot this week. Should we talk about why you're here again? Get it out of the way? Yeah, we'll get it out of the way. Um, for those of you who have been listening for quite a few episodes, you know that I have recently gotten my degree, and I was looking for a job. Well, I am now employed. Well, I am going through the background check process, so... <laughs> Yeah, you might not want to count your chickens, huh? Yeah, unless a felony I don't know about shows up, and uh, then uh, we'll see how that goes. But um, it looks like the end of this week, beginning of next week, I will be working side-by-side uh, side with my podcasting partner here at a high school. Word. Word. Glad to have you here, man. It's exciting. Small town, but I think you'll like it. I think you'll dig yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's nice weather. The weather's been ideal. So... Expect Will in the studio for the foreseeable future, which I'm excited about. Drink mm-hmm. beer together, podcast together. I think the sound quality is better, and I can control things that I normally wouldn't be able to. Not me, because everyone knows I wear the pants in this podcasting duo. Wow. So yeah. on that note... Or the, the jorts, as you... <laughs> oh, jorts. <laughs> hey, Kevin Smith wears them. They're good enough for me. I hear you, man. So before we get started, if you have comments or questions, you can find us at theusualpodcast.com, email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com, and find us on Facebook, Google+, Pinterest, Instagram, and Sotor Network. I'm at Darth Pops on Twitter, and we'll can be found at I am Will Griggs. We are on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, so take the time to give us a positive rating and like us and share us on all the other social medias. We need more reviews. We do. Just going to leave it at that. Uh, we have the timestamps in the show notes for our non-Sotor fans, of course, so give us positive feedback. Twitter, Facebook, let us know. We actually did get a little feedback. I'll mention that in Sotor. Uh, it, it, it's funny. It was something that we mentioned last week, and one of our listeners actually... I don't remember. Suspense. Pew pew. Oh, yes. <laughs> eh. No? Yeah, let's take a little poll, shall we? Oh, no, no, no. Today's poll... I don't want to poll. <laughs> we can't poll. All right, no poll. <laughs> We're going to take a poll. So the poll is going to be... <laughs> If you want, okay, so look, we got called out on our pew pewness, okay? Pew 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 and it was pew 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 pew. We weren't supposed to do it anymore. And we told Zernbog that we weren't going to do it anymore. So we're cutting Will off. If you would like to hear the pew pews, that's what you let us know. Pew. Mm, last <laughs> one. Uh, so patreon.com slash usual podcast. Uh, thanks to all the patrons, of course. Uh, we will do another drawing next episode, I think. 
And uh, we're working towards our goals, I think. And, um, you know, $1, $2 an episode, help us out a little bit, get some stuff. I'm really bad at giving out packs, but find me in game. Pretty much everybody that's a patron is on the Harbinger, so just tell me. Well, that that's, that's the main reason why we keep switching servers. It's so, mm-hmm. you know, Marshall can avoid all the... <laughs> yeah, I don't want to give anybody packs. I just don't. I could afford it. I can do it, but I just haven't done it. But we are over halfway to $15 an episode, which means that we'll do a patron roundtable show. That's going to be a cluster. A big old cluster. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of people, but it's going to be fun. So if we, we really do want to get more patrons. If you want to go hardcore, 10 bucks an episode for four weeks, we'll send you socks and beer. Thanks uh, to Pippi's Longstockings, my wife's wonderful sock store in lovely Fort Bright, California. Shameless plug? Shameless plug. A little bit. <laughs> Speaking of shameless plugs, audibletrial.com slash usual podcast. You get a 30-day free trial. And I'm going to plug Felicia Day's book again because... I'm not done with it. And also, one of our patrons slash guildmaster slash podcast friend slash Jesse holds a lot of hats. That's why she keeps mentioning, getting mentioned so much. But I put her review, uh, she reviewed Felicia Day's book and I put it in the, um, in the old show notes. We all know the only reason you, you posted her review is because we got a shout out in her review to Felicia Day. Yeah. So what happened was <laughs> we got called stalkers. <laughs> Doesn't matter. The point is. Is <laughs> Jesse mentioned us in her review and Felicia Day herself retweeted? Yes. Retweeted it. So I think, I think this is our, our shot, buddy. It is. It's not, but that's okay. Uh, all right. So there, we're going to talk more about more suggestions. I went to Audible today just to see because of September 4th. We'll talk about later in the Star Wars section, but oh my God, I am going to go broke on Audible and well, I don't know how I'm going to keep up. Well, I'm already broke, but you know, indeed. Yeah. So we're going to see how we're going to do this, but we'll talk more about that in Star Wars. So shall we jump in? We have a big show this week, my we friend. We do. Big show. And it's good. We got a really big show. Nice. Good pull. All right. So we're going to go into Star Wars The Old Republic. Waste no more time. Let's go. Pew, pew. Oh, my God. If you... <laughs> you want to fight? I'm ready. You do not have to stand against me. Instead, I will share all of this with you, if you will only kneel. <laughs> Speaking of community shoutouts, Zernabog said he hates pew-pews. And I'm actually joking, he was just messing with us. But, you know, I, I would, I'm going to honor our listener. And we haven't mentioned Zernabog in a long time. I think it's Zernbog, by the way, which we, I screwed up yet again. We like him. He's a long-time do. listener of the show. So, he's also a guildy. He is a guildy. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll file Pew Pew, and I will figure out a new uh, new sound effect to bring into it. Should we take a poll on your new sound effect? No, I'm going to make <laughs> it a surprise for next week. Eek. All right, that's episode 30. You have that to look forward to. All right. Uh, more community stuff. So, ba- the Balance Force, that is Master Lou's blog. Uh, we will talk more about this in a little bit. That's, that's really going to be the crux of the Star Wars Yoda Public section this week is the live stream that we recorded the day before of. Ugh, the day before last week. Dude, we were, seriously, you're an English teacher. I'm tired. I've had a few beers. It's okay. So he put a post up called Bitter Taste of Coffee. I think from the title, you can kind of guess how he felt about the live stream, but definitely check it out. Um, I, I like plugging Master Lou's stuff because he's opinionated. I think that's important. Uh, the community team should hear all sides, right? I Not concur. just the positivity from some of the other podcasts. There's definitely negative out there, but 
Um, so this is sort of, I don't know if it's even really in between, but it's, it's, uh, he had, he had it's, stuff to say. It's a stance. Indeed. Um, I also want to give a brief shout out to Darth Brundlefly, <laughs> who cracks me up on, on, so if you've been keeping up on my Instagram feed, I've been, I've been keeping up my streak of a different geek t-shirt every day. You're what, like 17 This is days? day 16. 16. And I have, I have. Got three new Deadpool shirts. Two of them I put up. The other one wasn't all the way appropriate for school, so I'll wear that one this weekend. And I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. And the kids are into it. But whenever I post it, Darth Brundlefly, almost every time, will put like a GIF. GIF? GIF? GIF. GIF. Graphic. <laughs> I got it. He puts a GIF up, uh, like responding to it. And it's really funny. The Deadpool one still makes me laugh. But anyway, thanks, man, for that. Appreciate it. Remember, we're on the Harbinger now. And, you know, we run with Unholy Alliance and Wookiee Mistakes. Speaking of which, segue. Segue. Um, two things about the Guild website. As if you heard the last episode of Passionately Casual, they said that they were post, they were doing a writing contest based off of four pictures that were presented on there. And I wrote something. So check it out. I decided to write something. It's what he does. It's what I do. And also the awesomeness of Jesse. I don't think I can even get through this without laughing. So she asked us, okay, so here's the, here's the story. The story is this. True story. She asked us to do a bumper for WOG. We were talking about WOG last week, our what's an ops group guild, what's an ops group group. group. And, uh, you know, super casual, learn the ops, have some fun, right? So she wanted to, you know, put something on the podcast and the one they're recording actually tonight, I think. And so. <laughs> We recorded something last night. I sent it to her. And sometime in the middle of the night, she posted up. I didn't even see it till today. But when I saw it, I did not stop laughing. She animated us. So I put the link in the show notes. It's hilarious. So it's our little bumper. I'm in a Star Trek red uniform with a nice thick beard and glasses. And <laughs> I'm in a button up shirt with a uh, con lanyard, which is pretty much the only way she's ever seen me. <laughs> But I would like to say both thank you and no thank you because she did get my five o'clock shadow going right mm-hmm. on in my glasses, but mm-hmm. she made me a little thinner and yep. a lot grayer. <laughs> well, look, that's the happy medium, right? Happy medium, yes. Indeed. So thanks, Jesse. That was awesome. I just loved it. And you definitely got to check it out and join Wog. Why not? Yeah. I've already watched it like five times today. Yeah. We're pretty much all of the views, but that's okay. Check it out. And all right. So. I already said that. So let's do, let's get to our weeks in game, dude. So what did we do this week? We game pretty much only together this week. Yeah, actually, I, I, as I said, I just moved to town, and so I'm still trying to get settled and whatnot. So the only time I really had a chance to game is when I come over to do stuff with you, and then we game for, uh, what, 10 minutes? No. Yeah, an but, hour at um, most sometimes. But. but we'll get to the reason why later. But this week, you and I did a lot of McKeb, McKeb, McKeb. A lot of McKeb, a lot of McKeb. And that was pretty much the focus of it. I redeemed my, uh, what a print all aggregate code from the live stream, which we'll talk about. I still have forgotten to do that, so I need to do that. And the one from, we'll talk more about it later, but the, the live stream one that they put in the chat was infinite. So everybody, they're actually expecting every, every single person to get this one. So it was pretty cool. Oh, the other thing I did this week, Attorney Vault. I did that with some guildies. It was Moxes, uh, JT, Chinook. And Chrome, I believe, uh, were the five of us. And we, we, we ran through it. It was pretty fun. And when it came time for the roll, guess who was the big winner? <laughs> this guy. So no, I got the deco, which is awesome. It looks like, um, it's a really tall ricotta dealie. 
And, um, and I got the speeder, which was the, oh no, it was the Ricotta Herald statue and the Tursa Elite speeder. It's one of those big boats. Nice. I was pretty stoked, man. You know, it was that, it was that Sork. I ran on my Sork that I hadn't really done much with. And so I was, I was pretty excited about it. Very so, cool. Man. I still have yet to finish an op. <laughs> well, and that's what Wog is for. Oh, that is what we tried. We tried, uh, well, we tried it before last podcast, oh, right. but we tried Karaga's Palace and did not go well. Oh, the great Karaga debacle. All right. So news time. News time. All right. So as we alluded to a minute ago, the McKeb stage weekly is being removed in 4.0 and Basically, the, the, the tagline of this is, we wanted to pass on a heads up about some achievements which will be coming out of the game. And as soon as you start taking achievements out of the game, Will starts freaking out. Which I think is important. Because you like achievements. Oh, uh, yeah. It's like he's, you, know, you can't see it, but you can imagine he's tapping his arm like crack or heroin or something. Anyway, uh, so they're taking out Citizens of McKeb category and the McKeb Imperial, uh, Imperial Forces. And really, if you don't do it before 4.0, they won't be available to you. This is the stage weekly. The, the, what I'm understanding is that the, the quest will still be there in some form. They just won't be the same. They won't be presented the same way. Uh, basically it'll be, okay, so here's the thing. In their place, we're putting new weekly missions, which will contain largely the same content they do now, except presented in a way that's more consistent with the other planetary weekly missions. Yeah, this, the way that this weekly is done is way convoluted. Well, you can only do so much per week too. Yeah. Which is weird. So we busted out right before the reset last night. We busted out what one set of them. I have like four or five more achievements to do. It's going to take me at least two more weeks. Yeah, so. I was able to finish the well-connected one. So I'm finished with the McKib Imperial Forces one now. Um, but I do need to go back and do it on the uh, pub side for a couple weeks. So that's our next uh, next goal. Right. I don't think I've done any on the on the pub side. So anyway, we'll see how that goes. I I might let go of the pub side. I'm, I'm not achievement dude like you are but you know we'll see um all right man so the next thing so we're just gonna go through we're gonna spend the rest of this time talking about the live stream the wrap-up um first i want to start with the impressions of the live stream i watched i tried to watch it live and as most of you know it went down (laughs) they had technical problems it went down for a chunk of time and i was at my in-laws house trying to watch it while right before dinner and my father-in-law was like oh you know, I didn't buy any beer. You want to go get some beer? I was like, I do. So I jumped in the car and I'm watching it. And the moment I walked out of the house when the feed died, I was like, of course it did. So anyway, I got to the store and got back and then it came back on and um, then it was time for dinner. So I missed it. So I tuned in. I finished watching it, you know, today, essentially. And, you know, I caught most of it and it was really cool. I took a couple of notes um, just in general, but we'll talk more about what Eric Musco and the community team put up as far as uh, changes and stuff that are coming to coming to companions is yeah. the most part. So the one thing that was kind of cool to watch was that the dev that was playing, I can't remember his name right now, just flew out of my head, but he was on God mode at some point to catch up because when the feed died, excuse me, when the feed died, he had to catch up to the story because it lost his place. Right. And so he put it on the dev, on the dev God mode. And so basically as a Jedi Knight, he was shooting like red lasers out of his chest and killing everything in one shot. It was amazing. <laughs> it was really cool. Uh, so I thought that was funny. Uh, so once he caught up, you know, the decisions that matter, it really is very much, if you've played Mass Effect or Dragon Age, it really does feel like that. Um, the one thing that, that stood out to me is that, um, there's a moment, and if you haven't watched it, spoilers, but it, it, there's a moment where you have a choice to kill the people on the planet or to, 
you know, save them and take a longer route through the quest. And that happens all the time in Mass Effect, even KOTOR and stuff like that, right? Right. So you can take the short way out, let people die, right? The cool thing, too, was that it was class-specific in some spots. So, like, because he was a Jedi Knight, he had a decision to do a Force Persuade, which was which was pretty cool. So I'm curious to see what the other ones would be. Um, and then I took another note here, uh, Lana Benico, who, as I don't know if we mentioned it last week, but does become a full blown companion in this part of the story because they played through chapter three. Very cool. Part of chapter three. So that was cool. And there's a moment where she's holding, and you see in the trailer, so it's not much of a spoiler. She's holding a guy up, force choking him, right? And you make that decision whether she's going to kill him or not. And what the devs alluded to is that if you do kill him, if you, I'm sorry, if you don't kill him, there's a, always that possibility, just like in Mass Effect, he brings people back and he's, and he, he'll, that could help you okay. later, you know, or he might like question, you know, Val- Valkorian, you know, because you were so nice. Right. But if you kill him, you don't have much of a chance there. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, there was some, definitely some familiar faces and stuff like that as far as companions. And I'm just talking about the story part right now. And then we'll get into the, uh, actual changes with companions. The cinematics, dude. Holy crap. Cinematics are phenomenal. Looks like you're watching a movie. That's it's cool. it's really cool. The way the camera pans, you get some really cool shots. There's a moment where the Jedi Knight was running and he jumped into a you know, kinda like in the in the was it return trailer, I think. Right. Or one of the one of the blur trailers where he jumps up and, you know, grabs on and, and is hanging on. Yeah, Satil Shan, yeah. Yeah, and stuff's exploding and it's amazing. Um so that was pretty cool. Um you do see some familiar faces for sure. T7 you see, HK55 you see, which is pretty cool. HK55? 55. So it's a next level? I can't remember if cuz I know it was 51 that was in Kotor. We have 50 No, we have 51. We have 51 now. 49. 55 was from Kotor. 49. Was, was it HK49? 47. It was HK47, HK that was it. So I don't know about 55, but basically when you're holding on to that thing, that's who pulls you up is the HK. And he says something about a meat bag. It's hilarious. And your hand is crushed. Yeah. And of course he destroys your arm. Um, so <laughs> which is funny. All right. So, and then there was a hint at the end, um, which is what they were alluding to before the whole deal anyway, that there is, um, a companion, a familiar face, right? But you only hear his voice at the end. So here's what happens at the very end of the stream. And then they just left after that. So the companion decision, you, you have this companion decision, right? To make, uh, you have, in that case, it was Kira in the ship, and he says, go without me, I'll hold him off here, you're on Darth Mars ship, you have the choice to defend Darth Mars ship, or have, or have her help defend it, or make her go, right? And you basically say, they made the decision, you know, go, and, uh, we will, sorry, someone has to get back to the Republic and let them know what happened, right? And so what's cool is that you hear Darth Mars voice say, meet me there. So basically he says, he says something, get me, get, get to this part of the ship, meet me there. So I don't know if Mars is going to become a companion or not. There's been some speculation on that, but I think it's kind of cool. It is cool. You know, so that was pretty much the stream, dude. Uh, they based, the other thing they mentioned was on October 27th is when this is planning to be out. Then they're going to take a break. Uh, Battlefront's coming out. The movie's coming out. And then, yeah, they've the, got so lot. much Star Wars content coming out besides, uh, uh, Swotor, so, you know, take the holidays off. We have enough content with that, so. Well, nine chapters should be, should be pretty good. Yeah. Um, alright. So, let's get to some of the follow-up. So, 
Musco basically said after the stream, he was going to hit the forums and try to answer some of the companion questions. And really, this was all companion. And that was one of the things that Master Lu wasn't too stoked about, is there was nothing else revealed. The focus was a little story, and the rest was companions. And we really didn't get everything with the companions either, you know? I'm And I'm totally okay with that. I, I don't want to know everything. I'm with you, dude. I, I don't either. And I wasn't really all upset about the little bit we did get. But at the same time, it was nice to get some tidbits. So here's kind of what we got. So there were questions posed in the forum, and Eric Musco came out and answered some of them. Let's see. So what happens to my existing companions in coffee? Well, um, when it launches, all of your existing companions remain accessible to you outside the story chapters. So that means in the original three chapters, you have... Well, you have them all the time, and that was kind of the confusion. The confusion is... Well, you have them, but you can only have them as your companions in the way that we're used to them when we're on the older planets. This was, we don't, okay, so I guess we don't, we don't know 100%, but this is how I see it. And this is how I'm interpreting it. So you, let's say you have your regular five companions, right? right? So you're playing along the storyline for coffee, right? And you take a break and go back to fleet and you want to do some crafting. You have all those companions, regardless of where they're at in the storyline. So, and even the new ones too. So it's, I think, even if, even if I think you're on that planet, you can have any companion out you want. That's how I interpret it. But there's going to be like certain companions that won't be available to you if you're in that part of the story on that planet. Okay, like, well, that makes how- sense because in, in every class story, there were certain times where you had to have a certain companion with you to do something. Right. But they're not taking any companions from us, which I think is important. Yes. Um, and let's see, is there more com- combat customizations for companions? And it says, absolutely. In fact, every companion now can choose any role at any time. We were right about this. We were speculating last week, right? You can be a healer, tank, or DPS. So any character you want out at any time. Well, it totally makes sense if they're taking away the primary uh, skills and just putting mastery in. Right. And it's nice. I love it. Because now I can have any companion I want. And this it plays into this one, too. It says, so how does gear come into play here? Starting in coffee, your companion power and stat scales with your level. So regardless of the, compa- the gear they're wearing, however, you can still use gear to determine exactly how your companions will look. Not a part of the appearance designer, <laughs> but, you know, so you keep that look, but you don't have to worry about... So basically, all their gear is cosmetic now. Yeah, you don't have to worry about statting your comps, your companions ever again, which, in my opinion, is a great relief because it was kind of getting, kind of gets tedious. Yes. It streamlines, it streamlines it quite a bit as well. Um, people aren't too stoked about it because I know there are a lot of people grinding like Yavin trying to get the, um, you know, and we did the same thing. I have like four sets of treat gear, but you know, it doesn't really matter in my opinion. So yeah, we're, we're, we're doing the dailies anyway. Yeah, we were rolling the other day and I mentioned, yeah, every single tune on my main has the, all the devoted allies set. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not going to matter, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks cool. It looks cool. One looks like Deadpool. It kind of does, actually. What what companion was that? Logan. Yeah, Logan looks like Deadpool, which I thought was cool. All right. So, what about the affection I farm for my companions? We haven't forgotten the relationships you've built. They come back and say, the affection you earn will not be lost, and the relationships you built will continue to be relevant. The one thing they did say, though, is that there were five years that went by from you being frozen in carbonite to when Lana breaks you out, because that's who breaks you out of carbonite. So, Mako leaves me. Well, and that's the thing. So, if you're married to Mako, what is she going to do in five? You're obviously dead, right? The point is, is that, um, who knows? So there is time that goes by, so there might be some, you might not want to hit on Lana, because if, you know, Mako, that's what they said in the stream, you know, you might not want to hit on Lana, because what if you were married to someone else? Who knows? Okay. 
And then, um, let's see. All right. So we're going to continue on. So somebody else, somebody posted a couple questions. Uh, Xize again, the same guy from last time said, question one, without mo- re- naming specific companions, um, we'll use companion Bob. Did I understand the stream correctly that, we, that the below is a possibility? Companion Bob was a classic companion. In coffee, companion Bob does not return story wise. Despite that, I can still summon companion Bob for adventuring purposes. Um, and basically the answer to that is correct. That is correct. Right? Uh, does the existing ca- character affection we have carry over to coffee, um, or give higher starting point of influence if, when we try to get them back? So the existing, existing affection you will have will carry over to Fallen Empire. So I think they're changing. It's essentially the same thing, but they're changing it from affection to influence. Okay. So. That's a good thing I. You maxed everything. I did. Which I hate you, because I. Except for I haven't maxed out Shriek and HK yet. Oh, look, man. You did all the hard ones. <laughs> okay. Just buy some gifts, you'll be fine on this. There were, there were achievements involved. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously. Which is why I haven't done it. Let's see. So someone was asking about presents. This present stat, will it be changed or will it be similar to what is now? And, uh, they basically went back to the dev team with that one, which, which I think is interesting. I mean, if you have built all this presence up, will your, on top of, you know, obviously it's being leveled with your character, but will you get like an extra bonus if you have a lot of presence or is presence going away completely? Yeah, which is actually, you know, it's not just in, I mean, you do get those present presence bonuses both in, when you get Datacrons, and also when you get, um, when you max out affection, you get a bonus to all your companions. Right. But not only that, but there are, like, some of the, the relics that I have on my main are actually the, uh, the Rackle Plague packs. Yeah. That I you buy, and those are plus, like, seven, or plus 90. Like 70, I think. Yeah, presents. plus 70 yeah. presents. Mm-hmm. I mean, are those basically pointless now? Except for when Rackle comes back? Well, with Rackle, yeah, but I mean, you're right. I think it'd be nice to, if presents stuck around, I think it'd be a nice incentive, especially when Datacrons are concerned. If they get rid of the presents that, they'll have to get rid of those Datacrons too, which they did allude to, they were getting, they were reworking Datacrons. Mm-hmm. I think it's because they were trying to make them legacy-wide. So who knows? You know, actually, something just dawned on me. If this whole storyline you know, goes five years and whatnot. Every single event that we have mm-hmm. is based on outside influences. So whether it be Bounty Contract Week, okay. the Gree events, Rackle, how does the time shift and change of political, geopolitical organization in the galaxy change those events? Are we going to have those events? Are they only available on the, the original worlds or are they in the current, are they going to be in coffee, but Gree is going to be different because they're now mm-hmm. reacting to the way that the political structure is i doubt they're going to change those events which you're right i think they'll just ignore it and just my keep guess. them on the original planet just keep them going yeah i don't know it'd be nice to see the rackles on you know on Zakul, which was the planet they were on in right. the thing which was pretty cool i think this other thing might get answered actually i hear there's another set of questions real quick let's see we'll be able to meet and recruit companions i don't that don't belong to our class yes because you do ct7 in that trailer. Okay, I hate, okay, very good question, but I hate the way it's worded because it says meet and or recruit. Right. Yeah, you're going to meet other, I mean, we had that in the original class in, in companion storylines where, you know, you had cross, uh, cross class companion meets. Sure. Yep. Right. So, I mean, it could just be an extension of that, but it doesn't say that, say, your agent can recruit T7. Well, it just says that you can meet. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, that, that, you're right. That question isn't worded very well. Yeah. You should have left the meat part out. Yeah. Hmm. 
All right. So what affects the companion's effectiveness in battle? Only our level. What about presence stats? So this is what we were just talking about. And it says level and presence. What presence does is increase damage, healing output, and total health of your companion. So, okay. so it's going to stick around, which makes a lot of sense. Good. So number three, will any and all changes to the companion system also be applied in the 1 to 60 leveling experience? So multiple roles in combat or whatever changes you introduce to crafting. And that's a yes. So I think that's badass. Yeah. Right? So from the very beginning, when you get Mako, if you need her as a tank, she can tank. Which I think is sweet. Since some companions are not customizable via armor, am I correct to assume that the customization slot will still be there? And yeah, it's still going to be there. And what will happen to the earpiece that implants on companions? Should I remove them before starting coffee? The plan right now is they'll be mailed to you when they come off your companion 4.0. So they're not going to have those slots anymore. Right. Which makes sense. So our mail is going to be pretty damn cluttered. But it is what it is. It is. Just like when you start a new tune. Oh, and there's an added note to this one for bullet number two about level and presence. And it says, um, note for second bullet. I've seen this ass as well. Influence will also add to a companion's com- a combat effectiveness. So that's cool. Cool. So the more influence you have, so it would behoove us actually to max out our companions at this point. Yes, it would. So I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I mean, look, I really want to, but I'm probably not. I like this next question, which is, will companion bonuses still affect crafting? It says, no, they will not. Now all companions will simply just be better at crew skills the higher their influences, which is kind of good because, I mean, you yeah. you really kind of had to plan to try to, if you were if you were heavily into crew skills, you, know, you had to know that Mako was a slicer. So right. you wanted to match slicing with that one. Now it just really doesn't matter. Now it's going to be the HK and Shriek formula where it's just a bonus to crafting and a bonus to missions. And then they just go up or down depending on your influence. And I like that so much better. <laughs> it was such, it was always ticked me off when like, you know, my companion was out doing something or I needed him, but that was the only one that could get a bonus for X. You know? Yeah. And, and there were some things like, you know, we'll, we'll be out doing dailies or whatever. Right. And, you know, I'm, I'm running my main, which has slicing. And so I could just constantly send him out on slicing missions just to keep credits coming in for doing absolutely nothing. Right. I would always have to take time out of our ga- our gaming part. I mean, it doesn't take too long, but just to look to make sure, okay, well, Scorpio is the best on, on slicing, so I've got to make sure to send her out right. with the highest level. You know what I mean? I what? know exactly what you now mean. Now it just doesn't matter. I can just send them out, and it's much faster. Yeah. And, and again, streamlines it in a, in a way that's beneficial. Okay, Eric. Players should know not know anything about this new stat influence for which you speak unless they were doing some data mining. Can you please elaborate? What is it? How do you raise it? So some keen-eyed viewers, <laughs> this is the response, noticed this as a part of our live stream last night. That is why I made the switch in reference from affection. Also, as a reminder, let's all be careful on the data mine stuff. So they made a slip, and which is reference to something that's already been data mined, that affection is now influence. Yeah, and it basically, but it's also a little bit different because influence was just basically their ability, but now it's also combat effectiveness. And they said it, it covers a little bit more of a wider area. I think it's basically now become the companion equivalent of mastery. Right. And look, man, so, you know, that's kind of all we have right now. Of course, there's the data mine stuff. Uh, overall, the live stream technical difficulties aside wasn't bad. Obviously, there was a lot of backlash on Twitter afterwards. You can easily go and find that out. Uh, that people were upset that no information was given outside of companions and even the stuff that was given, it was pretty sparse, man. Like until they put these posts out, there really yeah, wasn't anything in that live stream. You're really but- never going to make anybody happy. And that's just, 
It's the internet, bro. It is. <laughs> but you're right. And, and so I'm okay with the amount of information we get. I like having enough to talk about and speculate a little bit, but they're going to give it to us when they give it to us. And today's Tuesday. We're recording this Tuesday as we do. There has really been no news this week at all. There's been a patchish, ongoing patching issue, um, that I'm not even, that I'm all, only offhandedly ma- taking it mentioned to right now. Um, but I mean, there really isn't much. So I'm okay with getting as little as we've gotten, but when they give it to us, we'll, we'll talk about it. So yeah, I mean, if you, I mean, if it, I mean, any of you guys that listen on a weekly basis, you know that whenever we get to the dev tracker stuff, Marshall leads a discussion and I just, <laughs> Oh, really? That's going. Oh, Wait, oh that that's happened? cool. Oh, that's an interesting question <laughs> because I don't read the dev tracker. Yeah. I don't go on the forums. I follow certain players on Twitter and I follow, you know, the community team and a couple of the devs on Twitter, but yep. that's basically it. So if in, unless anything jumps out at me as being huge, right, I won't know that there's a, a bug or a glitch or a you know whatever. I hear you, man. And uh, you know, no biggie. No, it's biggie. all good. That's why I'm here. And these are your wog leaders. Oh, right, podcast corner time. So this week, <laughs> I stole Will's from last week. Yes, he did. By the gods. So plumbing the Death Star is the best podcast ever. Uh, it's my style of podcast. I love listening to dudes BS about things that don't really matter. And it's amazing. So if you listen to Will's recommendation from last week and listen to mine, I downloaded all 60 episodes I hadn't listened to yet yesterday. Are you serious? Yep. I haven't listened to them all, but I downloaded every single one. I'm listening to them all in order. They're amazing. Yeah. You have issues, dude. Yep. Um, yeah. My and, AT&T got mad at me. They said, cause I have unlimited data. So they basically were like, well, you know, you're getting close to your five gigs a month. We might slow you down. I said, I don't think you understand the definition of unlimited. Well, it's unlimited. They didn't say what speed. It was just kind of a bitchy text, but whatever. Let's move on. All right, man. So my, that, that's other... all I have. No, no, I mean, no, I'm just kidding. What's up? Podcast corner. I hate you. I know. You got one? So much. What would you like to recommend this week, sir? I'm just going to, to, uh, to re, uh, reiterate one from last week, which is Tiny Table 3, which I started listening to mm. again. I've listened to a couple more episodes. Um, evidently, they actually give us a shout-out in an episode, but I haven't gotten to it yet, but I will get to it. But I love their segments. They're witty banter. It's pretty darn cool. They have a musician in it. They have a mm. uh, an English, like I think it's a college English professor, yeah. and somebody that works in... Uh, Not uh, all of us can be professors. <laughs> in geek media. So uh, the three of them are really kind of interesting. They play off well, well with each other. I just listened to the episode they did right after Star Wars Celebration. So I'm I'm catching up, but I'm not quite there yet. Cool. Um, but they had like a whole segment on the the benefits of Guitar Hero over Rock Band, and nice. because they're both coming out with new versions this fall. So oh, are they really? Really kind of played cool. those in a while. Yeah, but they they went on like a 15 minute discussion on it because they're the gameplay is so different and everything. It's really kind of cool. I, I, rock band was one of those ones that when people came over, that's what we would set up. And, you know, four people play awesome songs. I always played lead guitar because I'm the man. And, um, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Well, I played bass because I'm cool. Well, I don't know if cool is the right word, but should we go to Star Wars? <laughs> you know, that's the upside, man, about being in the same room with you because I can see your stupid face when I say stuff. <laughs> that's funny. Moving on. Ready? Star Wars? Hmm, you can't see it, but he just flipped me off. So I guess that means uh, time for Star Wars. (laughs) 
Holy crap, Star Wars is off the hook this week. I know, right? Well, there's a big day coming up. Big day. September 4th. Right? What they call it? Force Friday? Force Friday. Mm Mm-hmm. So we... I don't even know where to start. We are going to not do comics yet. We only have Lando 2. Lando 3. Lando 3. Which, if you haven't done it yet, follow uh, Marshall's Instagram and my Twitter response to it because it is fabulous. Indeed. So we're going to put that off to see how long this section goes, and then we might take a break, read the comic real quick, and come back. Otherwise, we'll just do it next week. We, I, I kind of like talking about more than one comic a week. So so do I. So we'll see. Uh, we'll, So neither of us have read Lando 3 yet, but there's plenty of stuff to talk about. So let's dive into this. So September 4th, big day, big day, big day. Uh, I'm worried, as I alluded to in our Audible section, that I'm going to go broke. Yeah, well... The main book coming out is, and we've talked about this for months, mm. um, especially after Phoenix Comic Con, because I had a chance, chance to meet Chuck Wendig. Right. And he signed a nice poster for me saying, may the force be with you. Rub it in, bro. And uh, because Aftermath is coming out, which is the first official printed canon material that I can think of that's coming out between, that takes place between six and seven. Right. And it's coming out September 4th. And, um, that, and, that's, and honestly, that's top of my list. Yes, I absolutely. Mean, I gotta get that one first and listen to that one first. Now there's quite a few, uh, titles also coming out. They're all under, well, most of them are all under the, uh, the overall umbrella name of Journey to the Force Awakens, which they announced back in February or something. Right, right. They said there's a total of 20 books coming out under that. And it looks like five of them are on September 4th and they are Aftermath, Lost Stars, the Weapon of a Jedi, uh, Moving Target, and Smuggler's Run. Now, I checked out a couple of these today because I was very curious. I was like, are these full-blown books? And I looked on Audible because what I thought was cool is a lot of times the audiobooks are delayed from the original release dates. Mm-hmm. These are all coming out on September 4th on Audible. The cool thing is, is that some of them aren't, some of them are young adult. Yes. Some of them are kids. middle adult. Yeah. A couple of them are kids. So there's like a three hour one. I can't remember which one it is. It might be Lost Stars. That's, um, I, I mean, I'm stoked because I can, I can read these to my kids. Yeah. And th- that was one of the big things they announced when they announced the whole total of 20 books is that there are the wide range from, mm-hmm. I think they said there's a sticker book coming out and yeah. everything up to aftermath. So. There's that. And then, you know, we did talk about, uh, cause the news came out right around the Phoenix Comic Con. We talked about the book of, um, based on the. On Battlefront? Battlefront. Right. Uh, Twilight Company, which is not going to be coming out till November. Um, I'm but, really excited about that one though, dude, cause that's Alexander Freed. It's Battlefront. It's going to be sick. Absolutely. One that I'm really interested in, these books that are kind of like retellings of the original trilogy. And I'm sure those are for the kids. <laughs> It's like the princess, the scoundrel, and the farm boy. Right. A new hope. So you want to be a Jedi. The Empire Strikes Back. Beware the power of the dark side. Return of the Jedi. Those sound like they're going to be like the, I don't know, six to ten year old range. These are interesting. I didn't really look too much into this. And you're right. It says the age range is eight to twelve. There. Grade range three to seven. Children, juvenile. So, I mean, this is, this is cool, man. You know, this would be cool even though I've watched these movies with the kids. It's I think, the perfect age for your daughter to, to just, your daughters yeah. to just be much more accessible. Well, plus, I mean, my daughter reads like crazy right now. She, if I gave her a Star Wars book she could read, she'd lose it. Yeah. So anyway, this is cool. I'm excited about this. Yeah. And then they have, uh, Ian Dosher's coming out with another of his, uh, Shakespearean tomes. And I love it. It's William Shakespeare's Tragedy of the Sith's Revenge. And these are great. Which <laughs> sounds like episode six, right? It's episode. It's got to be six. Re- Tragedy of the Sith's Revenge. No, they've done 
They've done four, five, or not six, six already. Episode three. three my three, bad. Yeah. Um, I was going to say they've done them almost all of them now. Uh, I'm excited for all these. I'm more excited about Twilight Company and Aftermath, of course, because they're aimed more at, you know, us. But I, I'm really intrigued by the middle ones because I think the kids would dig them. And, um, and I, I think I have to know what's in them. I mean, who knows what they're going to canonize? You know what I mean? We talked about last week about, and we did get, did get confirmation. We should give Redna a little shout out here real quick too. Got confirmation that that was the first time that we actually saw Narshada. Yes. In canon. So in, um, what was it? Star Wars, or was it Vader? Vader number seven, eight? Yeah, Vader eight. Vader eight. Anyway, so this is exciting. No, sorry, Star Wars eight. Star Wars eight. Because Luke goes, yeah. Right. Anything else on these books, man? Um, the, you know, just a big point on why, why Battlefront Twilight Company is coming out in November instead of October is because they're obviously doing it in sync with the, the Battlefront video game release. Right. And we'll have more about Battlefront in a couple minutes too, because I, there was a really sweet trailer that came out recently too. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a couple minutes. Yes. So yeah, man, I think that's, I think that's pretty good for books. Yeah, well, the the very last one, of course, is, oh, is right. also the expected one, plus very good callback to Star Wars history, um, is that December 18th, obviously, is the big day, because that's when Episode 7 comes out, um, but that's also going to be the day that the novelization is released. And we did talk about this uh, around uh, Star Wars Celebrations time, right. because that's when it was announced, but they brought back Alan Dean Foster to write right. the novelization, and if you don't remember, he wrote the original novelization, plus Splinter of a Mind's Eye, yep. and you know he wrote the original canon stuff, and the cool thing is he had to write those before the movie came out. Um, so some of it was based on stuff that ever actually made it into the movie because it was on earlier scripts and stuff. So reading the old original novelization of, of A New Hope is really kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, plus Alan Dean Foster is an amazing writer. So it's going to be cool. And I never really dived into the, uh, novelizations actually. You know, the, they're, the one that I really liked was the one that came out for Phantom Menace, right? Yeah. Because and that first, one came out before the movie, right? Shortly before, yeah. Right. But um, first of all, because it was written by Terry Brooks, mm-hmm. who's you know Shannara, fantastic. But the cool thing about it is, is in Phantom Menace, um, you really don't get a lot of Maul in it. You get the fight at the end. You get the famous line of you know at least at last we'll reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At right. last we'll have our revenge. And you you see. Uh, when uh, the Nemoidians are talking to them and go, oh, there's two of them. Da, da, right, da, da. Right. But there's a whole discussion in the novelization between Palpatine and Maul on a balcony at Coruscant, which is just really kind of cool. And it gives a little bit more depth to the story. Nice. Which is kind of cool. So the novelizations are really cool. The unfortunate thing is like with the Alan Dean Foster original books, like Splinter of a Mind's Eye, is actually the first time you ever see Luke meet Vader. Oh, okay. Because it came right. out between Star Wars and Jedi, or Star Wars and Empire. Um, but of course, that's not canon. It's legend now, not canon. But we did see that in the comics, though. right? But the funny thing is, is actually, I don't even think it's considered EU because it's before the whole right. before all that started. Del Rey stuff started. Yeah. All right, so let's jump over to. I mean, probably the coolest thing I've seen in the last week. Oh, on Instagram, there was new footage of Star Wars: The Force Awakens, and if you haven't seen this, what is wrong with you? Yeah, stop our podcast. Yeah, 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 watch yeah. it. Then and by now, back. I'll have it up on our Facebook page, because I don't think I posted it, but I'm going to. It's- yeah. First of all, to give a little backstory on why this is posted, yeah. is that, for those of you who are on Instagram, I'm actually not a big Instagram person. Um, I just usually... I like Instagram. ...to follow Marshall's t-shirts. Um, who wouldn't? Exactly. I'm more of a Pinterest guy myself, mm, and I know I'm that's, not. you know, whatever. It's like but, um, 2002. But, <laughs> dude, I'm going to slap you. <laughs> Anyways. Welcome to um, 2015, bro. <laughs> dude. <laughs> 
<laughs> Where's my damn hoverboard? <laughs> Anyways, uh, Instagram's always uh, had the requirement that you can only post in portrait, never in landscape. Well, now that they've changed that to that you can post in landscape, the way they announced that is that they released a 15-second scene from Force Awakens as the announcement. And oh, it was... Holy crap, what did we see? There, the, it changed everything. It did. There, the two things that I loved most about it... Hold on, should we say what happens? Yes, go ahead and say... So, spoilers. Okay, so what we see first is a nice pan-up shot of basically the from other behind. side of the stage yes. from where we see the big flags in the original trailer. So this right, is the Hitler sign, or exactly. the Hitler imagery. So we see it from the other side, panning up, and you see the army out there. And then it cuts over, and then it says, you know, there has been an awakening. Can you feel it, right? Right. And you see, then you see Daisy and, uh, and BB-8. Daisy and BB-8. And I love it. You can see BB-8 moving, actually, yeah, which yeah. is awesome. Well, and Daisy looks horrified. Horrified. And so, and that actress, she's killing it already, I can tell. But so, that cuts away, and then you see Kylo Ren in the forest again, with the broadsword lightsaber, ignite and it's, it. It's the same ignition that we've seen before. Yep. It, you know, long blade and the short ones. And then it cuts over to freaking Boyega with a freaking lightsaber. And then he ignites it. And then he ignites it. And what it? color is it? It's blue. So, somehow... And can I just say really quick, holy crap? Yeah. So, this is the big thing. This is the big bomb dropping on this. is somehow, first of all, Boyega is wielding a lightsaber. So, either he's Force-sensitive... Or he just happened to grab a lightsaber. And, and okay, can we, we have to stop there. Because I didn't even think about that. I just imagined he was Force-sensitive, and he was, he found out, kind of like in the EU with, oh, his name flew out of my head, the Force-sensitive rogue pilot. Um, Talon he, card? No. No. Not Talon card. Kip Durin. Yes. Uh, and so, oh, you know, he's Force-sensitive, but he's kind of hiding it. Yeah. So are we going to see... Because he kind of had to at that point. Right. Is this why he leaves, you know, the Empire is because he starts to become Force-sensitive? Or has he always been Force-sensitive? Or is he not Force-sensitive at all? Yeah, the way I looked at it is like, Grievous wasn't Force-sensitive, and he had, like, four, eight, whatever. But okay, Boyega looks pissed. Boyega does look pissed. <laughs> and he looks like he's he can do something with that lightsaber. Which is cool, because every other time we've seen Boyega, he's looked worried. Yeah, he's <laughs> worried and out of breath. Yeah. <laughs> But now we see him pissed. But the big thing is, is it's a blue lightsaber and the hilt and everything. So it is Luke's. We're assuming it's Luke's okay. lightsaber. Well, Are we yes, Luke's, but whose is it really? It's Anakin's. It's Anakin's lightsaber from... That he loses on Mustafar. That he loses on, yes. Because that's the one because that Obi-Wan that's one picks Obi-Wan up. Takes. And then Obi-Wan gives it to Luke before Luke almost Indeed. throws it into his eye. Right. And then, I mean, come on. And then he loses it <laughs> on... been over right there. Exactly. And then he loses it on Bespin. Right. And so, first of all, this is now 30, 33 years different. plus years. Yeah, right? from, from this point. So, first of all, who the heck got it from Bespin? Because it went down the shaft. Okay, so <laughs> it's funny because I listen, the podcast I listen to, uh, Far, Far Away Radio, I've talked about them before. There was this joke, hands in space, because they heard this rumor of like, you know, Luke's hand floating through space with that lightsaber you know, still attached, you know, it was this, it was kind of this running gag they had for a while. So, but yeah, so we have this element of Kylo Ren. We think he's a collector of artifacts, right? Is, is, does Boyega somehow get this lightsaber? Is it something Kylo Ren had? Because remember he's collecting, you know, he's got, he's the one who has Darth Vader's uh, mask. Mm -hmm. We, We have to assume that he's collecting these like 
ancient, you know, artifacts from the Sith and yeah, I'm guessing like a the Jedi. Character. Yeah. Did Boyega get it from him? Or did he somehow acquire it? Is Boyega Luke's adopted freaking son? Because I mean, come on. Right? <laughs> right? Right. So I don't know, dude. This is this is blowing my mind. And or hey, maybe they're just gonna write into the storyline that Luke ended up getting busy with Lando's sister and Boyega's his son. <laughs> ah, that would be amazing. Okay, so, but, I don't know, man. I think, I I can't imagine Luke actually having a partner. I I think that because the, the rumor is that he's on a planet alone. Hermiting. Hermiting it, right? As one does. So, I... Well, he obviously has to train somebody. Yeah. Whether it's Leia or somebody. Or else there's no Jedi for him to train. I mean, to follow on. I mean... What 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 makes me laugh about this is because we could do this all night, which we won't. But what makes me laugh about this is that <laughs> is that Abrams said we were all wrong in the beginning, right? We were all speculating about what it was going to be like based off that first teaser trailer, right? right? And he's like, "You're all way off base." We were really off base, and he's messing with us because he's the first image we see is Boyega in a stormtrooper uniform. Yep. Right. And now he's holding a lightsaber. So is so he actually be... stormtrooper, or was he just undercover? Well, a uh, Ezra says, in Rebels? Okay, no, but he does say in some at one of the conventions. I think it was at in Anaheim. He said, "Yes, I am a stormtrooper." But <laughs> or is he just saying that? Like, I love the way Abrams handles con- canon and and spoilers and stuff. Damn you, Abrams! All right, so oh, that's the name of the show. Damn you, Abrams! Okay, so I don't know what to go from this. It was an amazing 15 seconds of footage, uh, and it really throws a lot of our theories kind of into a little bit of upheaval. upheaval. So, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes, man. Um, any other impressions of that? Uh, no, I'm just excited. I'm excited, too. All right. 12 days to go. <laughs> Only. <laughs> That's actually not too bad. We're, we're getting close. Under three months. A few months from now. we got to figure out what we're doing. I know. I'm here now. I know. we got to figure out where we're going to go. Unless I get another job and move away. <laughs> Uh, could happen. All right, so let's talk about let's talk about Battlefront all again, real quick. Yes, they released another uh, gameplay trailer. Yep. So you want to talk about that first? Let's talk about that first. Oh yeah, because that's the we other have another announcement too. So two Battlefront things. We have the first look at the Battle of Jakku, and we will put this in the show notes for sure. It's amazing. What I thought was cool about this, and I don't know if I'm assuming this or if they only showed us one element of it, but Jakku seems to only be flight based. I don't know if there was anybody on the ground. They didn't show a single person on the ground during Jakku. Yeah, I didn't really look that close. And every time they switched over, it was another... It was either an X-Wing, it was an, a, it was an A-Wing. X-Wing. It was an Interceptor. TIE Fighter. TIE Fighter, exactly. Yeah. So, oh, and then two more at the end, but we'll get to right. that in a second. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, I, I agree, it could be. But, you know, the, you got to remember the first uh, gameplay trailer centered all on the ground game. True. So this could just be that aspect of it. Right. Um. But it looked cool. It did look, it looked awesome. And I, and they did the same sort of style where they went back and forth. Mm-hmm. And which was very cool. And at the very end, of course. Well, and that's the reason I thought it was only flight based. Right. Because what did they do in the ground trailer? Towards the end, they show the heroes you can be. They show yes. Luke and they showed Vader, right? Yes. We also know Boba Fett's an option somewhere. What did they do at the end of this trailer? They brought in Han. Never tell me the odds. They brought in the Falcon. And, and it then comes flying in all badass. Oh my god! And what happened after the Falcon? And then right at the end, very end, we get Slave One. Slave One. So I don't know if this is the hero, uh, the flight hero equivalent, or if it's just another component of being a hero when you're not on the ground. 
So that's something I don't really know. It might be answered out there, but the trailer is sick. And yeah, I'm, just the gameplay looks phenomenal. And as, as you, if you've listened to our uh, Comic Con uh, episodes, we we did a, a be- our demo test, and it was phenomenal. Yeah, it, was it was a lot of fun, really fun. All right, so on the same note, Battlefront they announced a beta. <laughs> so they're going to be doing a beta early October on PlayStation Four, Xbox One, and Origin for PC. And I don't know how to get into it. But I want to. If anybody has any information, please send us beta invites. Yeah, there's really no info on how to get into it. But what they say is there's going to be 40-player multiplayer battle featuring Rebels in the Empire. Walker Assault, which we've played, will also give you the chance to play as two of the most iconic characters in the Star Wars universe, Vader and Skywalker. Um, and the beta will also feature a survival mission on Tatooine, where you will find where you and a rebel friend must fight back waves of Imperial forces, which is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. One thing I like is if those of you who do listen to us regularly is we like to play some, some games on the side. Like, you know, we play Marvel puzzle quest. We play star Wars card trader. And, uh, it looks like the, what they're going to be having is something called star Wars battlefront companion experience during the beta, um, where it'll work in tandem with the, the, the strategic card game base command. And by playing that, you'll earn in-game credits that'll unlock star cards, weapons, and more in the game. Which scares me, because I don't need another app game. But the, that's fine. What I'm... I, yeah, seriously, I thought getting Deadpool was going to kill you. Oh my god, I almost died trying to get Deadpool. But is this is star, is this base command game out already? It's not. I honestly don't know, but this okay. is something I'm definitely going to look into. All right, we'll find out, and we'll let you know next week. So, I'm excited about this. Not that I need another app game to play, but whatever. What are you going to do? Oh, it says, uh, the Star Wars Battlefront Companion will be available on web and in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store prior to the release of Star Wars Battlefront on November 17th. So I would say just keep uh, an eye out for any mm-hmm. new Star Wars apps, uh, that, that come out for, uh, your system. Cool. So we've answered our own question. Sort of. Yes. All right. All right. So next, Infinity 3.0 launched. There's a pretty cool trailer they put out. I was tempted because, you know, my kids, as much as I want my kids to play video games, uh, and as we've talked about this before, but Twilight of the Republic launched. It's 3.0 of, of Disney Infinity, mm-hmm. and it's got all Star Wars. The trailer's sick. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, it's really cool. There's some cool moments where you see like Obi-Wan and Anakin, you know, holding and, and Ahsoka, the three of them holding off Darth Maul in the cool cutscene. I mean, it looks really fun. Uh, I'm excited about this. I'm tempted to get it. Um, I don't have a next gen console yet. I was tempted to get it for my kids for Christmas. I kind of wish it was four players. Um, otherwise, I feel like I'm going to hog it. But, um, and I was also tempted to get it on PC a little bit and check it out. But I don't know. I wouldn't have bought it if it wasn't Star Wars. I, I as much as I love Infinity, 2.0 was great. You know, you have the, uh, you know, Marvel characters and stuff. But, so I don't know. I haven't made a decision on this yet, but it's launched. It's out. Um, I'll check out some reviews, see how it goes. I, I can't imagine it being bad. So. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. I just, I, I mean, it's Disney and Star Wars and Marvel and, you know, if Pixar stuff, you can't go wrong. But uh and it's, it's just, Rebels too. Yeah, it just it goes that. down to the fact that, you know, I never have money. So yeah. <laughs> but I do have an income starting soon. So hopefully Indeed. I can uh, possibly see what happens. Totally. Alright, so let's see. So we have Rebels stuff. Let's see. I found this today. Did you see this? I did. Um, I am excited because we, we actually have an, an official date. Uh, Rebels is going to be coming back October 14th. Can't wait. We've already seen the pilot, which I'm sure they're going to reshow. Oh, sure. Again, but we saw it at the beginning of summer, and it was phenomenal. Yeah, it was really good. We talked about it many, many shows back. Is that all? It was just the date? I thought there was something else. The date um, that there's going to be new Inquisitors. Oh, yeah, that's what. 
It said, uh, fan favorites debut, let's see, Might of the Empire Grows and the fan favorites debut in new episodes of Rebels Season 2. So, it says, new Inquisitors are dispatched by Vader and sent to crush any threat of rebellion through dangerous rescue missions, thrilling space chases, and spectacular lightsaber duel, lightsaber duels. The bond of our rebel crew will be put to the test like never before. We, there was some speculation. Of course, we saw the female Inquisitor. I imagine there's going to be a whole lot more of them. Yeah. It's going to be cool. I imagine it almost being like, um, the cutscene or the, the trailer for Swotor when they attack, uh, the, uh, the Jedi temple. Right. And all of a sudden you just see all these Sith come out. They just pour out of there. I just think Vader's just going to start sending Inquisitors out by the, by the handful. Which I think is cool. Absolutely. All right, man. So we are winding our Star Wars stuff down. There's yeah, we a- only have two bits of pieces of information. You added one, and I added one. So why don't you go with the business side? I'll go with the business side because I'm feeling all business today. Uh, Force Awakens merchandise sales estimated to be five billion dollars. Billion with a B. That's with a B. Now the important thing about this is like. I don't know why anybody should be shocked by this. I'm not shocked. Because That's a big ass number. Oh, it is a That's bit. That's more, more than the company sold to Disney originally. True, which was $4.2 billion. Indeed. But the reason why it was worth that much wasn't just the, the right. movies and stuff, although that was a good chunk. Right. Um, you know, if you remember back to when Lucas first, you know, did the movies, everyone was passing on it. Right. He first, you know, he originally wanted to do all six movies or whatever, and they said, no, you pick one, and, and finally the only way that, the, I believe that they, that Fox said the only way we'll distribute this is if you don't take a director's pay, and he right. said, okay, well, I want the merchandising rights. That was the smartest movie ever made. Smartest move I think anybody's ever made. Because episodes five, six, one, two, and three have then become the most highest grossing, uh, independent films ever. Ever. Yeah. Well, that's insane, dude. So anyway, I'm not necessarily surprised. I just, when I saw it, I was like, well, I guess that makes a lot of sense. And man, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Well, you know, the movie worldwide is going to gross about two billion. It's oh, going to be yeah. right up there in, in Avatar land. So. I think it's going to, I think it might go past it. I think it's going to be something. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if Jurassic World can come out of nowhere and become the third highest grossing movie of all time and actually Jurassic World just came back to theaters this week, I think. Did it really? Yeah. For a one week engagement, which isn't unheard of. Right. Um, I found, I actually was very surprised, man, that that jumped up to third. I mean, not that I didn't thought it would do bad, but like all of a sudden, okay. Wow. Okay. There it is. The other thing is it's only about 18 to 20 million behind Titanic. So if it, wow. if it pulls in that eight, and I'm sure that's the main reason that's why, why they're, they they're releasing it. it. Yeah. Um, hmm. because it's too early to try to release it for special effects Oscar consideration. Right, right. I mean, that's for example, like Braveheart. When Braveheart won Best Picture in, uh, I believe it was 95, you know, it was originally a, a movie released in, a, in February. <laughs> and that almost never, ever gets Oscar consideration because it just gets forgotten. Right. So they re-released it in November. Conveniently. Brought in more money and it got Oscar uh, buzz. So right. there you go. Well, cool. All right. What do you got? Uh, I found uh, this little bit, bit of information and, uh, <laughs> I find this kind of funny is that, um, in what? Iceland, yes, in Iceland, <laughs> obviously, you know, they don't call Darth Vader Darth Vader <laughs> because it's a different language. So Indeed. in Icelandic, they call Darth Vader Zvarthafo. Uh huh. I hope I'm not butchering the Icelandic language there. You are. But that basically is the equivalent of blackhead, <laughs> right? But they just named a street in a, re- in a neighborhood in Reykjavik, which is the capital of Iceland. Yeah. I did pronounce that correctly. Well done. Um, but they just named the street Zavarthafo. So huh. 
now it's you live on Blackhead Street, but it's basically Darth, Darth Vader Street. Lane or whatever it is. Oh, I want to live there. So that's pretty darn cool. Actually, I don't want to live there because I said, mm, yeah. Not, so anyway, so that's ideal. just kind of interesting. Cold there. A little bit cold. Yeah. Yes. Should we move on? We should move on. All right, dude. So I think we are going to put off comics. Yes. Until next week. And I'm totally cool with that. So that was our Star Wars section. A lot of cool stuff. I mean, we, I just can't even imagine what's going to happen on Friday, how much money I'm going to spend. I mean, I got paid, which was bad. So we'll see. I'll have, I'll have more reports next week when we, um, after I listen to Aftermath in one day, which will probably happen. Very cool. All right. All right. Section three. Let's do it. Pop culture, dude. Take it away. I can't imagine any kind of future where I'm a hero. Well, you're not. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Pop culture. Okay, I really don't have a lot this week. I mean, I, I will, I'll get this out of the way already. We don't have any real reviews. Um, because, as I said, I've been busy moving this week. So, unfortunately, I've been able to hit any theaters. Where'd you move? <laughs> Smart Alec. Anyways. So, is that, and I also don't have any trailers. Because the, there was only two trailers I was actually going to highlight this week. And one is um, the new Will Smith movie called Concussion. Which is getting a lot of buzz online right now because it's having to do with the NFL and concussion syndrome and stuff like that. So it looks really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. the other one is the new Macbeth trailer. Um, oh, Fastbender? It was Fastbender. Right. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and push those trailers till next week. Um, I haven't actually viewed them yet. I'm going to push them to next week and hopefully we'll have more real reviews. But the, I have uh, four bits of information and, you know, sorry to start it on a dour note, but we lost an icon this week, Wes Craven. Mm. Um, unfortunately, he's gone on to the great beyond. That's so sad. And if you're too young to know his influence, then go out and download some movies because you got to watch the Scream movies. You've got to watch Nightmare on Elm Street. He'll have Hills Have Eyes. I mean, his influence is ridiculous. So he influenced everybody that's out right now in regards to to horror. So Eli Roth and you know everybody. I mean, he. I'm sure he even influenced uh, Kevin Smith's Tusk in, in oh, some sure. way. Oh, sure. So, yeah, such a loss. Uh, phenomenal man and just such great horror. I He scared my childhood. Well, that's the thing. I, I didn't, I was never the biggest fan of that particular genre because, you know, it's scary. Right? It was. Uh, well, I'm more of a fantasy guy. But anyway, yes. um, but his stuff I actually, I would actually watch and... And because it wasn't just scary to be scary, it was good. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, good I mean, you you go back and you watch Nightmare on Elm Street, and yeah, they're totally cheesy as you go further in this in this the trilogy, or I mean, in the in the saga. Right. But what I loved about Wes Craven is he was so self aware. Yeah, and probably of anybody that he influenced more than anything was Kevin Williamson. Okay, uh, you know, and they uh, Kevin Williamson wrote, you know, he did Dawson's Creek and everything, right. but he wrote Scream, um, if I remember correctly, and. Wes Craven directed it, but he was able to just turn a really old genre on its ear. Right. And, you oh, know, the, such a big deal. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you watch Scream right now, they've got the TV show on, on MTV. And honestly, I will admit, I watch it and it's, really? and it is engaging. Okay. Whether it's it. scary or anything. No, it's, it's just, it's engaging because it really makes it more for a modern time, which I enjoy. And plus, with a horror concept, it's really hard to stretch over a, a, a series, it right? Is. Sure. A thriller, yeah. A horror, no, it's really different. Mm. But with the scream, I mean, when, in 1996, I mean, I remember going to see it in the theaters. Yeah. 
Um, and I was actually working in a movie store at the time. And so, you know, I like to go out and see new stuff. And 96, I went out and saw it in the theaters. And you're like, oh, Drew Barrymore. She's right. the biggest star on the marquee. I love Drew. And she gets killed in the first 15 minutes. I know, right? And you're like, what the F? Well, and I, and I wasn't even talking about the, the, I don't, I didn't like the, the Elm Street stuff because that was when I was really young. That scared mm-hmm. the poop out of me. But the later stuff, you know, that we're talking about right now, I, I dug that, man. And I, I'm really into it. What, what, what should I say? It's a loss. Big bucket, Big of, bucket win. of win. Cauldron of win. <laughs> Cauldron of win. <laughs> so, so that's unfortunate. But some, on some other uh, happier casting news, um, for those of, of us, you know, and obviously Jesse, you know, we like Felicia Day and the Guild. I love Felicia Well, Day. one of her Guild castmates, Amy Okuda, has uh, been signed on to join the cast of How to Get Away with Murder Season 2. No way. Yes. And I really enjoy this show. You know, it's really kind of funny. I like Shonda Rhimes. I just love her writing. I'm not a fan of Grey's Anatomy. It's just mm. way too schmaltzy yeah, I never, for me. I never got into that. But How to Get Away with Murder and Scandal are phenomenally written mm. and great ensemble casts. I'm going to watch either one. They are really good. Mm. Um, so I highly recommend them. Um, Viola Davis is a revel- revelation in How to Get Away with Murder. So I, I'm excited to see Amy Akuda join the cast um, because I loved her as, as Tink. And, she was awesome as Tink in, in the Guild. Yeah, uh, honestly. And she's actually worked for Shonda before because she had a guest part in Grey's Anatomy. So oh, she has done some other stuff, but I'm excited. Hopefully she gets a bigger breakout role here. Um, just today it was announced that uh, Vincent Cassell uh, is going to be playing the villain in the new Bond, uh, Bourne movie. Not Bond movie, Bourne movie. <laughs> nice. Um, which has already been announced that the next Bourne movie is going to be with Matt Damon. It's going to be directed by Paul Greengrass again, who did the second and third one, Supremacy and Ultimatum. Matt um, Damon's coming back. Yeah. And what's cool is the, the vibe I get right now is that they're going to be going back and forth between Damon and Renner. Okay. And it's going to be Bourne and then the overall concept, okay. which is what uh, Bourne Legacy was. I get by that. Um, but it also won't be as taxing on Damon to try to carry a new movie every two years or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the cool thing is they've already announced that Tommy Lee Jones is going to be in this. So great cast. Uh, a lot of people know, uh, Vincent Cassell is a, is a great French actor. Um, so he's done mostly French roles, but a lot of people know him from, he played the, the, uh, premier burglar in, uh, Oceans 12 and Oceans 13. Oh, really? The European one that they were kind of oh, going up against. I like that guy. Yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah, so that's what that's what I know him from most. So I'm I'm kind movies. of excited because he's a uh, kind of uh, cool and you know there's a, a great litany of villains that Matt Damon's born has already gone up against, including Clive Owen, yeah. and uh, Carl Urban. So cool. so great great sort of a uh, group he's joining here. Um, the last bit is that they're releasing a Deadpool game for. <laughs> Uh, Xbox One and PS4 this oh November, God, and the wait. cool thing is, is he'll actually be breaking the fourth wall. That's all he ever does. He does. That's his. That's his shtick, which is great because it just makes it so much more fun. Um, I love when it, like but not too many games actually do that. Not too many games do it really at all. And that was, you know, I had a nice little rant. Was it last week about Deadpool? Yes. Um, you know, I love Deadpool. I'm still reading the comics, uh, and that's one thing he does. He'll he'll turn to you as the reader. He'll address you. He's killed his own writers before, which is hilarious. I mean, the stuff like that where he like steps out of the comic and does something or in the beginning of the book, he'll like tell you what's going on, what has been going on. It's like, dude, are you, you talking to me? It's, it's, you're just giving me expedi- exposition directly. Yeah. It's like, so this is what we're doing. And well, it's, it's, it's hilarious. It's great. Yeah. One thing I loved about him is when they introduced him in Marvel Puzzle Quest, mm. there's this whole, cause right. you know, there's he a, does the same thing. Yeah. That. Well, there's a, a, you know, 
a bit more, basically it's Deadpool kills the Marvel universe, right? That's, right. that's one of his, uh, uh, storylines. Right. And so first you have to go around. Which is, and, I read over the summers. It's yeah. insane. And so, you know, in this game, you've got to go around and kill all the villains and you've got to go around and kill the heroes and, or the heroes and then the villains. But partway through, he says, Oh, we've got to go get this cache of coins. It's like, <laughs> whatever, right? And so you beat this really hard sort of boss character and he's like, 50 coins? I can find that in my sock. You keep it. And he like gives it to you, the character. Like, Are you, you're talking to me? Yeah. So it's kind of cool. I just love how he makes it more. No, it's, it's going to be great. I'm, I'm excited about this. I'm kind of bummed it's not coming for PC. I'm hoping they make that announcement or something because. I don't have an Xbox One or a PS4, and I want this game. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, other than that, there's a couple things that you brought up. So why don't you... Yeah, I brought up? up some things. I'm actually going to skip the Daredevil thing. Okay. Because I didn't finish watching it. I put it in there when I saw it and didn't watch it. But one thing I wanted to bring up, which, since we're talking about gaming, is... And, and, and Michael Fassbender. And Fassbender. Uh, we got a first look at Michael Fassbender in the Assassin's Creed movie. Uh, and we got a little synopsis here and stuff. I'm pretty excited about it. This, the image is, is oh, he's literally out he's of perfect the casting. Yeah, or he's out of perfect the game. casting. Yeah, and it, and it just looks it looks phenomenal. I'm I love these games. I never finish them because I get sidetracked with like trying to. I I'm very much a completionist when I play these type of mm-hmm. video games, and I will spend the entire time doing all the side quests and forget that I'm doing the main quest. And then I get distracted and go back to Swotor or something. So, right. um, I'll, every once in a while I'll pop in. The only one I haven't, I haven't played is, uh, Black Flag because I bought it. I actually pre-ordered it at Comic-Con last year, bought it for PC, right? You know, pre-ordered it right when it came out. There was some issue where it wasn't really playable and I didn't have any money at the time and I sent it back and I got my money back. I never picked it up again, which well, then you, have, you have the new one this year, which takes place in London. You're right. So. And, and there's one every year. I don't think we need one every year, but I, I like to pick them up here and there. They're really, the stories are phenomenal. The gameplay is great. I love killing people. Assassins are my favorite archetype of characters, period. Um, well, also, I mean, I haven't actually played them yet, but they're definitely on my list because they're historical based. Very hist- I mean, they will bring in, I mean, and they're historically accurate, which is really cool. Um, and w- one thing I love is like, you're starting to get not as much. I mean, this is definitely going on a wider topic here, but you're not getting as much um, where you're you're getting stuck into certain sagas, right? Because right. Fastbender is already in the X Men, right? Right. He's now in Assassin's Creed. You have Benedict Cumberbatch, who was in Star Trek, and now he's going to be Doctor Strange. Um, you know, you've got Ryan Reynolds, who is Green Lantern. Now he's going to be Deadpool, right. and you know, also, so you know, you have all these different cross things and it's just kind of cool because they're getting the strongest talent for the role. Well, and it, and the the movies are so well written and they're so well shot that you forget that oh yeah, he was also an X-Men or oh yeah, that's right, he was also this because you forget about that once a movie rolls cuz you're like that's freaking Deadpool or exactly. that's not the Green Lantern. And to kind of go off on this, there's a there's an article we we started following uh, comicbook.com there's an article on there that talks about uh, an interview with Oscar Isaac because, you know, obviously he's an mm-hmm. X-Wing fighter in Force Awakens, but, you know, he's freaking Apocalypse in the new X-Men movie. Right. So it's kind of interesting to see him on two other major sagas. And and, and so real quick, so if you're not familiar with Assassin's Creed, which I don't know how you wouldn't, the synopsis really quickly is, uh, through a revolutionary technology that unlocks his genetic memories, Callum Lynch, who's Michael Fassbender, experiences the adventures of his ancestor, Al... Aguilar, Aguilar, in the 15th century Spain. 
Cal- Callum discovers he is descended from a mysterious secret society, the Assassins, and amasses incredible knowledge and skills to take on the oppressive and powerful Templar organization in the present day. This is pretty much what all these games are about. Right. Um, but they take place in different times. And it's, it's really cool. I'm excited to see. And this, th- I think this could be, if it works, a really cool new franchise that will just basically feed the next game to feed the next movie to feed, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be absolutely a license to print money, which I mean, <laughs> and, and honestly, and on a much smaller scale, it's like resident evil. Exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. which Mia Jovovich, I mean, you, you can't fathom it at this point, but unless you're into it, Mia Jovovich has done like seven and resident like evil like movies and she's filming movies. another one right now. I like those movies. So, I mean, they're fun. And it's like, if you play the game, it's, it's mm-hmm. perfect, right? Yeah. Um, but what I love is they're, they're going for talent. They got yeah. Michael Fassbender. They got Marion Cotillard, you right. know, who, you know, she's, well, yes, an Academy Award winner, but she was also in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. So. Exactly. It's, geek movies aren't anti-credibility anymore. You right. know what I mean? They're a way to enjoy yourself and get credibility. Indeed. Alright, so what else do I have in here? I have one more thing. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Uh, stars are filming in February. So, James Gunn also recently confirmed Vin Diesel will be back as a voice of Groot, which... Shocker. Know, which makes sense. I mean, mm-hmm. I would love to get paid for saying I am Groot over and over, but we've talked about that before. So, no blot, plot details are out there, but he hinted that Star-Lord's origins and father will be explored, as well as the movie may take a slightly more serious approach. Awesome. Which I'm okay with, because, I mean, the first one was amazing, so I'm in from here on out. Um, let's see, he previously said there'll be less characters in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 than the first because everything is just getting too sprawling and crazy for me in the superhero comic book movies, but Gunn did confirm they'll be introducing a new character, so that's kind of oxymoronic a little bit, right? Well, I'm sure the character's gonna be the dad. Yeah, well, that's, that makes sense. And let's see, too many characters, so what does he say? In addition to the five core members of the Guardians of the Galaxy, Yondu, Nebula, and Kraglin have been said to, uh, be returning as well. So, I don't know, we, we... Started this podcast after Guardians came out, but we never did talk about the other thing. Maybe we'll talk about that <laughs> next week. Uh, but I, I love this series. I picked up some of the comics. Um, I'm desperately would like to have Star Lord in, um, Marvel Puzzle Quest, but I, I really enjoy this movie. To me, this is up there with Avengers. Like, it's just so it's, darn fun. It's just an amazingly fun, hilarious. I love, you know, it's, we, it's Star Wars for Marvel. And, and it, exactly. I can't say it better than that. So there we are. I think that's. I think that's it, buddy. That's it. I, I mean, my my drink is 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 almost done. Yeah, mine. I finished mine a minute ago. I, I mean, damn, for a big show, we kind of we kind of did it. We did. Boom. It's like we've done this before. Twenty nine, thirty two, technically episodes later. <laughs> right. All right. So well, thanks for tuning into the usual podcast. We welcome all feedback. So if you do have comments or questions or want to read anything we do publish on our website, you can find it at theusualpodcast.com. Email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Google Plus, Pinterest, Instagram, and Sotor Network. I'm at Darth Pops on Twitter. Will is at I am Will Griggs. iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Find us there. Give us some positive ratings. Share us around the other social medias like Pinterest. <laughs> right. And in the 2015 version of Coolness, Instagram. Yeah, that was an insult to you. And audibletrial.com slash usual podcast or, of course, patreon.com slash usual podcast. Help us out. Follow our links. Read some books. Lots coming out on Friday, man. So, any final words, my friend? Pew. Oh, my God. He had to do it. We'll see you next week. 